0: Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Catharsis, the next C of the inner peace practice, the seven C's, it goes nicely with clean living because clean living is stopping the toxicity from coming in and catharsis is getting the toxicity out that's already in you so this should be fun uh with me today is tina and keisha
1: hello hello
0: so we're all familiar with catharsis it's just we don't really you know people may not know the name or understand what it is it's essentially cleansing stress and deep deep emotions like anger and fear Getting that out of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, I want to go over a bunch of ways that we can do that and just kind of jump into the example so that people can make sense of it. A big form of catharsis would be exercise, right? Yeah. A lot of people are upset. They go to the gym or they, they bang out some push ups or whatever it is, right? Kickboxing. Kickboxing, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So, this is a release of energy a punching bag is a big a big one some psychotherapists might even you know do exercises with their patient with a punching bag Um, there's been studies done where they actually kids that are super angry and the parents may not know why like they'll be suggested to get a a punching bag, and let the kid just beat the snot out of a punching bag. Mm-hmm. It does really work, though. It does. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you're getting it out. You're yeah. getting it out. Uh, all these deep-rooted emotions. I mean, you think about everything that happened to you when you were eight, when you were nine, when you were thirteen, when you were seventeen, when you were thirty, and it's like it's just this ball of um, things inside of you. And and like the analogy from the seminar, right? Is the the light of the sun can't get into the the glass dome because it's dirty and it's dirty from fear and anger Mm -hmm. and envy and things like this so we want to detox those out it's just like detoxing the body it's the same exact concept uh playing a musical instrument is another form of catharsis especially drummers Mm -hmm. um art you know somebody uh is feeling a certain way about their dad or something like that like Mm -hmm. they're upset and but they're a painter they whip out the you know the canvas and they they go to town for a few hours it's cathartic Mm
2: -hmm.
0: here's one that i'm a big fan of screaming (laughs) and 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 you you you'll be shocked to know that i'm a screamer and shocked i have (laughs) voicemails singing
3: How about singing?
0: Is singing one? I don't know. Yeah, I I suppose singing could. No. Singing is. Well, it's art. Yeah. Singing could be considered a musical instrument more than art. Um, Whoever wrote the song is more art. Yeah. But um, screaming is very healthy. Just imagine um, a, a child. Past five years old, not, not like the early years.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You know, even teenagers,
2: uh-huh.
0: 12, 13, 14, just mad at mom. You know, they're really mad at their teacher, but, you know, maybe they take it out on you and they're just, ah, they're yelling. They're just getting it out. Man. Yeah. I've done some screaming in my day. I, uh, as you may know, I, I went to college for television production. And so I've been video editing for a long time over 20 years. And there's been a lot of moments where you put in hours of work and it's a computer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes things go bad and all of a sudden three hours of work is gone. Oh. Oh my gosh. And then you just scream? What can you do? That's all you can do. Yeah. All you can do is just... "Ah!" I mean, you got to scream. I mean, it has to be primal. Yeah. Like if if we screamed in this room right now, (laughs) Everyone outside that door would come running. They will. Yeah. So it's not a normal thing for the society Mm -hmm. for people to just be primal screaming. Mm. Uh, Maybe this is an advantage of owning a home instead of having an apartment. But (laughs) screaming can be very therapeutic. I've gone to like a
3: mountaintop and Valley Falls Mm and Vernon. I've gone up there and screamed quite a few times. Just so I can, you know.
1: I actually had Wrong to kind of do that, um, and it wasn't even—I didn't even do it on per. It was not on purpose. It wasn't like it was. Well, my father had passed away, mm-hmm. and um, I was bottling up a lot of emotions and things that were happening at the time. And at the time, I was pregnant with my daughter, and it was just mm-hmm. all emotions was like taking place. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, she told me to come out. She told me to come outside, and. She said to me to yell to the top of my lungs all of my emotions and say like exactly what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. right. and I thought she was being silly, but it, it actually works. helped. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I completely was bawling the entire time when I was doing it. Sure, but when I was done, I, I felt better. Yeah, like yes. I felt, re- I did feel better.
0: Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. detox, and that that's a nice um, segue mm-hmm. to crying. Crying is also. Mm-hmm. catharsis mm-hmm. crying is catharsis yeah
1: yeah i know
3: is. i hate when people are like oh you're crying like what's wrong and sometimes i cry just because i need to get stuff out it's not even like i'm sad or
1: mm-hmm. you
3: know, or, or if i'm like really mad about something well a like, lot of right, times of beating somebody up
0: yeah, and a lot of times it can be triggered from a story you hear or a movie yeah. you're watching or a song. yeah and yeah. and so um these are emotions that are deep in us something triggers it mm-hmm. and you start crying. And you might be crying for a totally different reason. Right. And then all of a sudden the mind takes over mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're crying about something that happened when you were 12. Yeah. Right. It's like this avalanche. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys have relationship experience, more than, more than I. But it, it can happen in all relationships, mom, dad, cousins, sisters, brothers, friends. Sometimes somebody flips out on you. Mm-hmm. And when they're flipping out, they raise their voice, call it yelling, and then they start saying a whole bunch of stuff that, right. that had nothing nothing,
1: mean. nothing to do with. Right,
0: right. Yeah, but it's right. like
3: deep rooted stuff that it's, they actually do mean. Mm-hmm. So that's Res- the truth.
0: Resentment. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? Screw you. Blah blah blah. Every and anytime you hear words like all the time, mm-hmm. you do that all the time. Always. Mm-hmm. okay these are signs signals this is language being a pointer pointing at deep-rooted resentment that they've been holding in mm-hmm. so now they're yelling at you and they're going off on you now here here's where things get interesting the person that's being yelled at usually does one of two things either they engage back or they shut down and, uh, and go, away. Shut down go away mm-hmm. both are the ego
2: mm.
0: and we'll talk about that the, we're going to talk about ego in another podcast but if there was no ego then you wouldn't care that you're being yelled at mm. you would look at it as catharsis you'd smile and you'd give them a hug and that would be it So it wouldn't be that easy <laughs>
1: they would be like, you're mocking me. Why are you smiling? Yeah, well, that would make them more
0: mad. Right. No, no. Oh, maybe you don't do it right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do it in a few hours or whatever. But when you, when you when you approach it with compassion and you don't take it personal, mm-hmm. you don't take it personal, okay, they're mad that you um, burn their food or you leave your socks out or they're mad that, you know, you, you I don't know, you talk too much, whatever it is. They've been building it up. Now they're mad. Now they're letting it out. They're having a therapeutic moment. Mm. It's at your expense. Mm. Usually they're telling the truth. They're telling the truth of the, compared. In their version, though. They're telling the truth compared to from their perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, telling, I think
1: it's. A, I think it's. A, yeah, I'm gonna say in their perspective is their version of the truth.
0: Right, and you can hash it out with a conversation later on, mm-hmm. but at that moment. They're going through catharsis. Mm. I remember a moment. God, I don't remember all the details, but I remember I was young. I must have been 12, maybe 11, 12, or 13, somewhere in there. My mom was helping me with math. I did not do well in math. And I was getting frustrated. And I got really mad. And I just found a picture on the wall, and I just smashed it. My mom probably still remembers it. No, I bet you she still remembers it. But now, in hindsight, I was litting it. I was litting it out. I was litting it out. I was frustrated with school and probably other things that I don't remember. Mm. But I smashed it. I might have got cut, even. And people do this. People do this. Have you ever heard of kids who, like, they're just really violent? They smash things, they throw things. Mm -hmm. They're there's something in there it's like a possession it's like some exorcist stuff there's something that needs to come out Hmm. it's detox doing something cathartic is is good um and screaming is one of those writing is another one Mm -hmm. writing getting your feelings out on paper journaling is another term for it right journaling would definitely recommend journaling to somebody that's struggling with their emotions.
3: But wait, how, journaling, what, just writing down how you feel?
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And one of my first health books, Diet, de Detox, there's a whole section in there. I used to do it with clients called The Resentment Letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up doing that. And um, that carried over to the other books, too. I didn't call it Catharsis then. It, it was catharsis. Mm-hmm. So you write, you, f- you pick someone in your life that you feel a lot of resentment towards, and you write a letter to them under the assumption that you will not hand them that letter. Mm-hmm. They will never read it. You just get it out on paper and get it all out. And then the next day or the next week, you write another letter to the same person, but this time it's the gratitude letter, mm-hmm. and you write everything that you love and like and that you're grateful for. And it's a very therapeutic exercise. That's a form of catharsis. Keisha, didn't you write a letter? I did. Back in the day, like 2013 or something?
1: Mm-hmm. I, wrote a, I wrote a letter. <laughs> it's funny. I wrote the letter, the resentment letter was to Mike. Oh, your really? current husband. My current husband. Okay, oh. now this
0: is a good, this is pretty good. Now, I don't remember all details. You're going to fill it in, but mm-hmm. I remember this. So you were a client at the time. The book wasn't even out. I don't no. think, and I, I said write this letter, and you wrote the letter, right? And you ended up giving it to him.
1: I ended up giving it to him. He and I were not speaking at all. Okay. Um, it like was, just, 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 just like everything had to do with like. It and he's had the father our, of. He's the father of our our daughter. Yeah. Everything had to just basically very cut and dry when you're getting her. All right. That was it. Like, it was n- it never a conversation really right, with right. us, and that's all it was. And so I wrote this letter to him because mm-hmm. I was so resentful mm-hmm. of all of what was happening in between us mm-hmm. and what was going on. And it just, it, he, he has never, I have never been so angry with anyone who was my ex, Before in my entire life as much as i was angry with him Mm -hmm. everyone else was like you know even my son's father who was like my first love like i didn't i wasn't like that with him it was like all right bye done Mm -hmm. him it was i realized as i was writing the letter the resentment letter is that i was still in love with him and i still wanted to be with him but i was resentful because we weren't together but i couldn't express that to him Mm -hmm. but in the letter I didn't even say that in the letter. Like, I was just like, I don't like you because of this. You did this to me. You made me feel like this. You made you know, it was just like, it was just that kind of letter mm. to him. And
0: how long were you guys broken up when you wrote that letter? Oh, two years. Two years. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. It was like two years. How long after that did you get back together? Um, a year later. Yeah, it was a whole year later. After I wrote the letter, um, it was a year later, we started talking. We actually started communicating.
0: Mm-hmm. How did he respond to the letter initially? Right away.
1: Um, I didn't give him the letter until we got back together. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Yep. Interesting.
1: I gave it to him after we got back together.
0: Very interesting.
1: Um, and he read the letter, and he said, "I." He said, "I didn't know that I hurt you that much."
0: Mm, see. He
1: said, "I did not know that you." He says, "And I don't want you to ever feel that kind of pain again."
0: Right. So. Yeah, and here you are, married now.
1: We're married, yeah. Last year <laughs> we got married. So all right. Mm-hmm.
0: So did you did you feel relieved when you originally wrote the letter? Do you remember?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I had never. I didn't intend on giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote the letter and that was it. I had sealed it in the envelope and everything, mm-hmm. addressed it to him, stuck it in a shoebox, and I was done with the letter. But mm-hmm. um. Now, but then when i wrote the gratitude letter mm. the week later that was harder to write mm. i i mean the gratitude letter was harder to write cuz the only thing i can the gratitude the only thing i was grateful for at that time because i couldn't think of anything else was the fact that we had a daughter together and right. everything had to do with her mm. it was you know just basically thank you for coming into my life cuz if it wasn't for you i wouldn't have her right you know that kind of that kind of letter and that letter actually was short mm. But the resentment letter Was like a two-page letter <laughs> <laughs> Back and front <laughs> yeah. But yeah So it was Catharsis Yeah That's what it was
0: Catharsis but. Yeah
1: And who would have thunk it I ended up Marrying him Marrying him So
0: Very cool story mm-hmm. uh, Another form of catharsis is Therapy Go into a Therapist psychologists psychiatrists i don't recommend psychiatrists because they they like to give you pills but um therapy is an interesting thing it's very easy to get addicted to that's the problem because you you end up relying on your therapist Mm -hmm. and we have to have an understanding that no offense to the therapists out there but therapists have a very limited understanding because they come at it from a scientific approach and not a spiritual approach. So it stops at a certain point. There's all, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't go all the way down. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it can be cathartic is because when you go to a therapist, you get to say things that you wouldn't normally say. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could have went to a therapist and told the therapist everything that you wrote in that letter. It would have been similar Mm -hmm. You would have told the therapist. And then the therapist gives their opinion and, you know, maybe says something that you can change or this or that. But so it can be therapeutic to to get those emotions out and you talk about dad and you talk about this that happened to you back then and blah, 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 and you're just kind of getting it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always recommend, you know, no more than a year. Do a therapist for a year. No more because... (laughs) <laughs> you get into this place where you're you're complaining. Mm. And complaining is negative. No matter how you look at it, it's negative. It's meant to be detox. It's not meant to be day in, day out, day in, day out, right? Mm. So, um, and maybe a PTSD patient has a different scenario. Yeah. But, uh, a, you know, someone who doesn't have PTSD, you know, um, it's, it's just a form of catharsis. And, and we can't always talk to our friends and our family like we would a therapist. Mm-hmm. And if you do, it can be a little selfish because now that person has to listen to you. And now they have to take on your energy mm-hmm. of complaining. Complaining is draining.
1: It
0: is. It's draining. Like if you if you've ever been a boss and you have an employee that just, you know, complains all the time eventually you're like i don't want i don't want this person on the team anymore you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so you know we have to watch that and that's that's an easy cycle to get into with a therapist so that's why i say if you're going to go that route make sure it's a year no more
1: that's how you like your friends like you get alienated from your friends too because mm-hmm. Um, nobody wants to pick up. Nobody the phone. wants to. Right? No one wants to because you be like you look at the phone call ID and you're like, Oh God! I They're gonna complain forever. Yeah. What she's gonna talk about? Because like yeah. for me, I know like there's certain people I have to be in the right mindset to even deal with them, mm-hmm. and I and I I won't if if I'm not in the right mindset or if I'm like in a good place and I'm I'm feeling like on this high and I'm like yeah, mm-hmm. then I see the phone ring and I'm like no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Now, everybody's going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, <laughs> oh that's why that she's not making up the phone.
0: Laughing. Laughing is cathartic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of the reasons why, um, obviously, in the last episode, I talked about clean living, which doesn't include all these movies. But if I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to watch comedy. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to watch this programming nonsense, you might as well laugh. So, you know, give me Wedding Crashers over Goodfellas, Mm. you know. Give me planes, trains, and automobiles (laughs) over, you know, Die Hard. Give me something that's going to make me laugh. Mm. Um, You know, a few few months ago, I watched both the um, Daddy's Home, I think they're called. Mm. Oh, yeah. Will Ferrell and um, Marky Mark. Marky Mark, yeah. And, um, man, they cracked me up. Mm. They cracked me up. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's still programming. And, uh, you know, I left this out on the Clean Living episode. It hit me on the way home. It's hitting me now. Um, one of the reasons why television shows and movies are, are not considered clean is because they're heavily drenched. They're, the whole thing is based on problems. So we're right back to the whole complaining thing. Every movie, every television show is about problems. Mm. That's the whole. There's a complaint. That's the, yeah. It's the whole thing. For so, problems, I, yeah. for example, I Tina knows this. I have this like fantasy in my heart of becoming a, a novelist. And so I've, I've taken some classes on how to write better, how to write fiction better. And I'm telling you right now, the whole basis of writing is having a appeal- having an appealing character mm-hmm. that has a major problem, and the oh, end re- and the end result is one of two things: they either either solve it and they they're Rocky Balboa, or they die yeah. of some sort mm-hmm. in a tragedy, that's called a tragedy. So every single movie, every single novel, every single television show, even the reality shows, mm-hmm. are all. Based in on problems. A problem so should. the next time you're getting ready to sit down with your loved one and watch a movie on a Friday night, call it what it is. Instead of saying, hey, Bay, you wanna watch a movie? Say, hey, you wanna watch some problems? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's even, exactly what even it comedy is. comedy shows yeah. are, there's a problem. Even com- mm-hmm. even sitcoms. Yeah. And, and sitcoms, I love sitcoms. A good sitcom, I'll take a good sitcom over a good movie. Mm hmm. Like I binge watched Cheers, mm-hmm. amazing. I binge watched Frasier. I'm binge watching Frasier right now. Mm-hmm. I binge watched Two and a Half Men.
1: Mm-hmm. There's I, a problem all it, the time. All the it,
0: in, in sitcoms, there's two problems.
1: Yeah, there's always
0: an A and a B. That's how it's written. Mm-hmm. There's an A character, a B character. So if it's Two and a Half Men, for example, Charlie will have an issue, mm-hmm. and his brother will have an issue and the cameras go from one scenario to the other to the other and then they meet at the end oh yeah it's something similar to that mm-hmm. it's always been like that all in the family the jeffersons you know all all these old shows it's the same format every movie same format yeah, the movie. Yeah. even the comedies coming to america
1: He needed a wife. He
0: needed a wife. And then he couldn't get her. And then she got mad because he lied. Right. It's, it's,
1: that's the drama. Beautifully at the
0: end. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Because it either ends beautiful or tragic. Tragically, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, laughing is very cathartic. And if you can get some comedy in, in, that's good. That's why I binge watch these sitcoms. Go with the comedy.
1: Because I know, like when I watch like suspense movies, and I'm I'm enjoying the movie, but I, I don't think I really am because I'm just so focused on the issue that's going on, and it frustrates me, and I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm getting stressed, mm-hmm. right? And because that's because of what's happening in the show.
0: And again, this goes back to you. This goes back to the clean living episode. This is creating more toxicity inside mm-hmm. of us.
1: I just watched that movie, that Tyler Perry movie with, what's her name? Taraji P. Henson, the Akramini or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that show yeah. was, I was hooked. Have I was watching it? it, but it was like, I was stressed. I was stressed the entire movie. And
0: that's what they want. They want to evoke emotion in you. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm. This movie Peppermint
3: it. with Jennifer Gardner. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. Oh, my God, that, yeah you get stressed out, like, mm-hmm. especially when it's like something with a kid or something. Yeah, course, I can't, yeah. hey, look
0: at, look at Jaws. People wouldn't even go in the water. I know that movie messed oh, yeah, people up. It me did. For
3: life.
1: I'm still scared of the
0: ocean. Yeah. But, but back back then, man, it messed people up. The Exorcist yeah. I was messed gonna, people up. Oh my
1: God, I was just thinking about that movie. The to Blair
0: this, Witch Project. Scary.
1: Yes, to this day, yeah. Yeah. I cannot even. It's still like. Even when they did the remath, they hadn't remade it, they remastered it, and then they put extra scenes in that movie, in the exorcism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and the exorcist, I oh, still I cannot that. watch that. it. It still disturbs me to this day. And my yeah. mother had me watching that as a kid.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: But I can't even watch it now as an adult because it's I've too ever much. Ever
0: and, a, and a good way to think about it is this this is how I always um, rationalize leaving things alone and renouncing. Mm mm-hmm. You've had enough. You've done it. i like what what do you need pizza for? Have you not had enough pizza in your life? <laughs> what do you need to see a scary movie for? Have you not seen enough? Right. What do you need to see a mafia movie? For? Have you not seen enough? Mm-hmm. It's you, you you same thing with music. What do I need to hear Bon Jovi Living on a Prayer for? Have I not heard it enough? My, so it's like <laughs> that's actually my favorite.
1: It's bon you you get
0: <laughs> you get um all this Mm-hmm. It's like enough. Yeah. It's enough. You've d- you've done it for 30 years, 40 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like it's enough. It goes Move back on. to what you said,
1: you do not need to see the instant replay.
0: No, you don't need to see the instant replay. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it, and if you want to watch a movie again that you watched 30 years ago, you're you're going through a um nostalgic moment. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh, I'm going to watch this again. Well, those 2 hours could be spent meditating. Mm-hmm those two hours could be spent doing catharsis you could be writing something you could be laughing you could be screaming you could you know you could be crying you could do whatever and and there's actually laughing classes out there now Uh, people go around and you know they help people laugh and get things out and um i i knew of a zen master um he just passed away last year bernie glassman he used to um he went to clown school on the side hmm. and he would dress up like a clown and he would go and entertain people that was his way of um, first of all being free nobody mm. knows is Bernie Glassman right it's a clown Oh yeah. and then he's helping people laugh mm-hmm. you know and and hey, let's be honest that uh, you know even comedians Mm-hmm. I like stand-up comedy to a certain extent. I grew Those up. Some I, of the most depressed people. Yeah. I grew up on stand-up comedy, but uh, Richard Pryor had some problems. Yeah. And and, and Robin Williams. Yeah. Kevin Hart as well, and and so they they take their problems. They take their pain and turn it into comedy. Right, mm-hmm. right. Unless you're George Carlin. George Carlin just was cynical about the world, <laughs> and he just made fun of the world. Right. He didn't talk about his personal. It's it's a heck of an art. It really is to make mm-hmm. people laugh. So yeah. f- I respect it. They're public speakers mm-hmm. at the highest level, but there's a lot of negativity in there. Yeah. But at least you laugh. Yeah. I it's guess. it's it's better than you know if you watch Breaking Bad. It's just gonna be a bunch of.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, so uh, so yeah, laughing. Laughing is right there with crying. You got to laugh. Mm-hmm. Gotta laugh. And that's why I like to tell jokes and sing and be random. Girl's Silliness.
3: Trip. Girl's trip is a good one. I watched that over mm. and over again so I can keep laughing.
0: Silliness is, is, is good. Mm-hmm. keeps keeps you going. Be a clown. Yeah. Even without the costume, be a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make fun of people. Some people mm, make yeah. fun of people. Yeah, good. that's not good. Some mm-hmm. people bust people's chops so, and they twist it into a, a joke right. mm-hmm. and it's exactly. like i don't like that kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah yeah no that's not good
1: i like being silly with my kids like yeah. yeah my kids and i we you know be silly and then their dad joins in and we're all being silly hmm. but no one is like making fun hmm. of each other we're just just being silly and i like right. i like that that's a that makes me happy too yeah mm-hmm.
0: absolutely and being silly could be something as silly as wearing a silly hat, mm-hmm. going to the mall and wearing a silly hat. Like, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. care. And everyone's like, what the heck? And you're just like, hey, you know, <laughs> like that's the type of uh, spirit mm-hmm. we need. But, uh, yeah, when you laugh, that's bringing up emotions. Sometimes mm-hmm. you laugh so hard you, you cry. Mm-hmm. It's not a sad cry, yeah. but it's still a cry. It's still a cry, yeah. And that is an indication that something deep down is bothering you. Mhm. And the cry, I'm sorry, the laugh brought up the cry.
2: Mm.
0: If nothing was bothering you, you wouldn't cry, even if you laughed super hard. So Really? Yeah.
1: Because I've laughed really hard that mm-hmm. I'm tearing up, like crying, because it was that funny to yeah. me. But you're saying that that, that, that's like that comes from a deeper place?
0: Yeah, it's catharsis.
1: What? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I would have never even thought that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because tears, I mean you're only going to cry for two reasons: either something's in your eye or you're emotional.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's it. How did these actors cry? Now some of them cheat and they put like hot hot sauce <laughs> in their eye or something. <laughs> right but,
1: but they bring but, up an emotion yeah, from way
0: I, back.: I remember hearing an interview I don't remember where, but it was from Will Smith, and he said that he got the advice early on. If you can master crying, you're always going to get good roles, and he did it. He mm-hmm. can cry on cue. Mm-hmm. Now, how does somebody learn how to cry on cue? They bring have to. Up an emotion. You have to bring, bring up, up an emotion in your head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You either got to tap into the character, like on, on a psycho level, mm-hmm. or you got to bring up something personal, and nobody just knows that you're bringing up something personal. Yeah, and that's how you cry. And Will Smith can cry on cue. Mm. He cries in almost every movie.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm watch, I watch Bold and the Beautiful, and them Logan girls. They cry on cue, like right, like they start talking and then drip, 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 drip. I'm like, good <laughs> grief, they could cry really well.
0: Now those the, they can, they're dramatic actors. Very well,
1: they cry very well.
0: They're basically, um, they're like, they're like actors in a play because they're every day, yeah. five days a week. I mean, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to be terribly messed up in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um no being an actor is
3: yeah pretending you're
0: somebody else that's that's psychotic mm-hmm. it's psychotic yeah. uh because
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're soap opera star they have to be that person every single day for so mm-hmm. many
0: right some of them for decades yeah for the decades. same character it's not healthy to watch
1: oh thank you for telling me yeah yeah i
0: know <laughs> Okay, on to the next one, confessions, deep confessions.
3: Whoa, mm. to who? Not sure. Like it's funny when I was, <laughs> yes. when I
0: was on the radio, um, we, I, every year I had this segment called New Year's Eve confessions.
1: Oh, I remember yeah. that.
0: <laughs> they're still on YouTube, and boy, did we get some crazy ones. Yeah. Of course, you never know if they're making it up or not. you play along Mm -hmm. you play along like there was this one guy who I'm not even going to repeat it but you know (laughs) getting something off your chest um, that you did that you're not proud of Uh could be cathartic now that might be with the therapist yeah right you might not want to do it with the police officer (laughs) no you might not want to do it with your mom right But maybe that's where the therapist comes in, Mm -hmm. right? You can tell the therapist who's like a pseudo stranger. Mm -hmm. They're like half stranger, half friend, somewhere in there. Right. And um, they have to pay for. Yeah. But I confessed
1: the stuff that I did when I was a when I was younger to Mm -hmm. my mother. Yeah. I waited till I was an adult though, Mm -hmm. because then that way I was already out of her house. I told her stuff that I did, and she said, Oh Oh my my God. God." I'm like, Listen, because if I would have told you, then you would have been implemented in my little act, and I (laughs) couldn't. I said, Then you would be like an accessory (laughs) after the fact. So I said, I couldn't tell you. And she was like, Oh my God. Like, (laughs) I had to, she had to be believable to defend me. So,
0: mm. (laughs) yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then the next one is uh, what they call active. Meditations,
2: mm.
0: which aren't just the typical sitting there and uh, going into a relaxed state. Active meditations were made very popular by uh, Master Osho in the 70s. Dynamic meditation is almost like sort of a combination of Kundalini and primal screaming and just making your body go crazy. <laughs> um master osho yeah he believed that cathartic methods were necessary since it was difficult for modern people to just sit there and enter a meditation he used to tell people never to just start with sitting to do a mad dance breathe heavy uh, almost like you're hyperventilating sometimes and just scream and yell and you know just <laughs> something you would see you know if you saw someone doing it you'd be like you you would you'd probably call the authorities you know get these emotions out and then when you're done then you sit down or lay down and meditate and that's where the that's when the the trance happens the 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 Deep down meditation happens right there. And it looks funny. It looks like almost like your people used to um, the journalists would come in to his communes and then they'd go write an article or do a story on how he was possessing people. Uh-huh. But what they were doing is they're gyrating their bodies and they were letting themselves go. And it was catharsis. Uh-huh. They were getting all their fears and emotions out. People are pent up because we've been repressing these emotions Mm -hmm. for a long time, years and years and years. And then somebody comes along and says, look, we're going to put on some music. You're going to get it out right now, right? Um,
1: Is that almost like how, like when people are chanting when they're meditating too as well? Is that part of that or no? No, chanting,
0: chanting is usually to raise vibration hmm In the room. Okay. And it's also to distract your mind from thinking. Okay. Same thing with mantras.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So okay. if, if you said oogly-boogly over and over again with no space, oogly-boogly, 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 oogly, boogly, ogly boogly, ogly boogly, your mind wouldn't have the capacity to wander. Okay. Gotcha. But these active meditations are like, He's got a gibberish one, you know, where you just say things that don't make sense. He's um, just... Blah, 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 just <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, um, again, the dynamic meditation. It's very dynamic. There's like four phases to it. It's like an exercise. Uh-huh. Like your, your heart is going to go sky high. Uh-huh. Your heart is going to be like... You do chaotic breathing. Like, like hyperventilating. You get yourself to hyperventilate. Tumo. Tumo meditation, which is of the um, Tibetan culture, where they can uh, do certain breathing, hyperventilate, and they raise their heat in their body. But what also happens when you do that is you go through certain processes like your mind goes through certain processes anger may come up fear might come up these things they resurface they've been repressed catharsis is the opposite of repression and then it comes up the key to active meditations is when you're done doing all the wild stuff then you got to do your relaxation meditation Mm. And now you got to bring the heart rate down. You don't just stop and go have lunch.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say because you can't do that because it's like you're all right. You can't bring yourself that high, all right. hyped up. And what what well, well, Osho would have people
0: do is lay down. Mm-hmm. Just lay down where you are and just relax for like fifteen minutes. And you just went through all this, all these emotions just pouring out of you. Your body hurts. Because you've just been you know you're jerking back and forth, you're like, uh-huh. I mean, there's no way for the listener to know what I'm talking about because you can't see, but it, it's it's it looks like you're out of your mind, you look like you're insane, like a a, a wild monkey, a wild chimpanzee that's just like ooh, 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 ooh. like you're just <laughs> you know it's not something you would want you know maybe your mom to see you doing, I guess you'd say <laughs> um." Um, that's why maybe it's good to do alone. But, yeah, afterwards, you just lay down and relax. Bring your breath down right in the nose, out the nose always. Mm. And just you, all you can hear is that heart. It'll be like, and eventually, with your breathing, it'll start coming down. And you re- you release, the, you enter into this peak, into this peak of consciousness mm. and awareness and so you know' you're, you're sort of getting two dogs with one bone there because you're you're hitting your meditation goals, I guess you can say, but you're also doing catharsis mm. and getting these emotions out of you. So and I've created some too I have the uh, uh, the cartoon meditation. Maybe I'll do that on another podcast where there's high pitched voices, high pitched oh, noises. I
1: remember the high pitched noises. <laughs> you know, I've been recommending
0: that in the books for mm-hmm. years, you know, because high pitched noises brings your vibration up. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're in a bad mood, just go beep, 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 you know, and then it's <laughs> yeah. like and then everyone laughs on top of it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, high pitched noises works. Another active meditation. That was founded by Jalaluddin Rumi back in, uh, oh, about the 15th century. Whirling dervishes. When you whirl, you keep going like how a kid would do it in the yard, but there's a technique to it. And if you YouTube it and watch these people doing the whirling, you know, which is of the Sufi tradition, it's a form of active meditation as well. And you don't get. Once you ma- you know master it, you don't get dizzy or anything the Sufi whirling it's yeah Jalaladin Rumi there's there's somebody to look up right there. people think that he is a poet <laughs> he was much more than a poet he was a Sufi mystic but anyway it's just important to keep in mind that uh we gotta get this stuff out of us you know think of it like mucoid matter and parasites and all the stuff that's in us physically, this is in us mentally. All the years of, I mean, if we did this, the world would be a better place. Um, think about all the bullies. Mm. All the bullies that need some catharsis. If huh. yeah. they're bullying for a reason, mm-hmm. there's something in there, there's something going on there, right? These kids that are shooting up schools. Huh. The kids that shoot up schools from my understanding are extroverts mm. they're introverts so they're holding on to something they don't want to talk to nobody and all of a sudden one day they're yeah. looking for revenge and guess what that revenge is it's catharsis mm. as crazy as that sounds it's violent as it is and violent as it is mm-hmm. they're releasing their emotions mm-hmm. but they're doing it in sort of a sick and demented way mm. They're actually killing people. And then they usually kill themselves. And they usually kill themselves to make it all go away. Mm. Yeah. You know, we could help these kids. We could help these kids. We could help all the depressed people in the world too. We could help all the sad people, all the anxious people, all of them with catharsis. Whether it's as simple as a punching bag. Or, you know, taking foam noodles (laughs) and having people beat the snot out of each other with foam noodles. Uh, Or, you know, doing whirling or dynamic meditation or primal screaming, all this stuff. These are therapies that could be implemented. But the problem is the society is stubborn the society looks down on this stuff the society is just figuring out what mindfulness is here in the Western world right the society here in the Western world they're just figuring out what yoga is like the Western world is very very behind the Eastern world is ahead in that department the Western world is ahead in money and military, you see. But we could be helping these people. There doesn't need to be school shootings. There doesn't need to be bullies. There doesn't need to be depression. There doesn't need to be anxiety. There doesn't need to be child abuse or any of that. You know? We we have this thing here. It's called catharsis. And we can get these deep-rooted feelings out. We can get these emotions out, whether you've been holding on to them for 30 years or whether you've been holding on to them for three months, we can get them out. It's life-changing stuff. And that's why catharsis is one of the seven C's that makes up the inner peace practice. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.